Candace Cooper is joining the show to discuss the CIAA tournament, and Gerald Huggins is joining as we kick off our top 10 HBCU draft eligible players. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Run all of your March Madness brackets there. Come on, win some cash prize. Go to runyourpool.com slash locked on. And we're kicking off the show with, with Candace Cooper of Locked On ACC. She has a very interesting job that she's going to be doing at the CIAA tournament. And then we just want to get her perspective on what we should be looking out for when watching these games. And now joining us, we have Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC and also co-host at the CIAA tournament. Thank you for coming on the show with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love Mouth of the South as your name. That's dope. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So I want to ask you, we know you locked on ACC. Make sure you're checking it out Monday through Friday, right? But then also, how did you get hooked up being the co-host of the tournament? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. My family friend, she reached out. Uh, her husband actually is like over talent and event coordination for the CIAA tournament. And I sent my reel, thanks, you know, Locked on ACC podcast, and I got picked. So it's really exciting just to have the opportunity. It's my first arena host gig. And so I'm super pumped, especially with because it's us, right? I think it's always good when you have family. You can get that real honest feedback. So I think I can learn a few things, you know, throughout this process and have a lot of growth moments. So I'm super pumped to do it. Definitely. Um, just real quick, what is it that you'll be doing out there? Like explain to the people what hosting the tournament is like. Yeah, so you're all about getting the fans hype. So you get to run different activations throughout. So let's say it's the half court contest by presented by Coke or Nationwide or whatever have you. I'm the one who's you know setting up the scene. So I'm like, all right, mouth of the south. He's about to take this half court shot for twenty chance to win twenty five thousand dollars. Can he do it? Let's make some noise for him. Like that's me. So I'm gonna be that person. Oh, okay, okay. So let's let's get into the people on the court, right? Yeah. With with. Everything going on in the country right now, there's been multiple cancellations. Teams in there have not played the same amount of games. Mm -hmm. Do you think that'll have any impact on them going into the tournament, just the yeah. discrepancy between teams? Absolutely. I think it's going to be different for some teams who've had energy behind the crowds, right? Other schools have had no fans, no students allowed throughout you know, this latter half of the season, and some have. And so I think the dynamics is going to be different for people who can play in front of an audience. I think whoever is going to be able to get fueled by having a big crowd who's going to be very vocal and very honest is going to be a factor in how they play. But you've also you've seen already, you know, the start of the tournament started on Tuesday, some upsets, people coming in hungry, wanting Wanting to get that title. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the dynamics shift in terms of teams who were able to have some sort of energy behind them and those that weren't. Yeah, you spoke about upsets. What if you had to take one guess, right? So we're just taking the underdog. If you had to take one guess of a team that could be an under an underdog upset Cinderella type team in this tournament, men or women, who you think? Okay. 
Uh, you know, it's a great question. I think for me, I would put a lot of money on, if I was just guessing, you know, having a, a squad that I wanted to pick, I feel like Claflin is a team that can certainly make some noise and they have a strong squad about them for the women's side. I think for the men, it's not really upset. I, mean, I feel like people maybe have their doubts about them, but when Salem State, you know, it's always, you know, Ram, I have a lot of Ram family, so I feel like they're going to be a real strong candidate when it comes to delivering a CIAA title. They're very hungry, so I really appreciate, you know, kind of what they've done this season. It hasn't always gone their way, but they certainly have been in the fight mostly. Yeah, they have. And a lot of that has been because of their powerful backcourt of Cook and Dyson. What do you think makes them really keep that that team going? Yeah, I think it's energy, right? I think it's all about being able to play off each other and pick each other up and having minimal turnovers and always knowing when the other might need you to pick up the slack. And so I think for them, just being that real you know, feisty backcourt that's always going to come through and they're not going to let you just get away with anything and they're going to make you pay for mistakes and pay, you know, with points off uh, turnovers, those kind of things. So I think they're going to be really significant as they move throughout the tournament. And another, I think an individual player that obviously has stood out and that's um, Brianna Brown. You know, Mm -hmm. she has a team Lincoln number one seed on the women's side. What is it about her game that makes her so special? Man, I think she's just such a force, right? I think anytime that you can just take over the game, if you're called upon, and we see that a lot just in basketball in general, like we see sometimes you have an off night and maybe your teammates help you out. But for her, I think she's so critical for her to be great at all times that I've loved seeing her game kind of matriculate and just the way she's been able to just listen. Hey, it's my time. <laughs> hold on a second. I'm going ahead, going to go up in here and really hold it down. So I really am excited to see kind of how she carries out throughout the rest of this tournament. Yeah, definitely. So if you had to give a prediction, there's a lot of teams in there. If you had to get a prediction, you know, who who you got coming out of the women's side? Who do you have coming out of the men's side? You know, if Brianna can really, it's hard to play a lot of games when you're dependent, you know, that person is dependent on you or your team is dependent on you. I would say Livingston is a strong choice. I also feel like, you know, when you think about um, Virginia State, definitely can play a factor in that one for the women. Men, I would keep my you know wits about me and want to say that I think that Winston-Salem State is going to finish it out, but upsets happen every day. I think that you know Shaw certainly can be in the conversation. More importantly, though, I just, I'm ready for fun. Like I think having games where fans can be involved and having that rich tradition back from CIAA tournament, I just want a good experience. Like I want junk talking. Like I want people to just really get into it. Yeah, and then lastly, you spoke about it earlier that it was in North Carolina for so many years. Now it's made its return to Baltimore. It's a whole spectacle behind it, right? <laughs> you know, it's everybody there. But now it's back in Baltimore. What what do you think that means for the tournament? Because it's a big deal coming back to Baltimore. Absolutely. And, you know, I think for their fans not having to travel to North Carolina, like I think for me being from Raleigh, North Carolina, myself being spoiled and having it right in my backyard, I understand now having to go travel. It's a whole, you know, situation, right? You can't just pick up and walk down the street and get you a ticket and whatever. So I think for those fans, especially like Bowie State fans, they're able to really kind of have that backyard experience, which is great. I know I was talking you know, to some people the other day, like growing up, like my church group, you know, sang at the halftime show and, you know, we were in CIAA in Charlotte, some of my great, you know, high school, senior year, probably had no business, younger 20 days were in Charlotte, you know, hanging around, you know, seeing who was who, all that kind of stuff, man, it was, it was a vibe. And so just to have the tournament back, being able to celebrate each other, being able to celebrate our culture, it's always a good time. So I'm really 
just, you know, humbled to be able to be a part of the experience. And I really hope fans, especially in the Baltimore area and more importantly, North Carolina, they give it a chance, right? You see many of the schools, St. Aug, Shaw, Fayetteville State, they get the chance to travel and maybe see something they haven't seen before, get some good crab, you know, get some good seafood, whatever you eat, you know, I think it's going to be a good time. 100%. Now tell the people where they can find you so they can keep track of you. Yes, Mouth of the South. I love that that's your name. I, I can't get over that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You guys can follow at uh, Locked on ACC on Twitter. You can also follow the channel on YouTube. You can subscribe or, or you can subscribe or download wherever you listen to podcasts. Always a good time. Me and my five co-hosts every single day. Always a pleasure to have you. You know, you got to come back. I've got to figure out how to get you back here. We got to talk there. some transfer portal talk. I'm sure, you know, during. Um, yeah, maybe some draft talk. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. figure it out. We will figure it out. It's always a great time. We'll do this again. No doubt. Y'all go check it out. Download, subscribe, podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Go ahead and run it up. Check out Candace Cooper, Locked On ACC. Thank you for coming on with us. No doubt. All right. You just heard what Candace had to say. Just giving us some teams to look out for, some players who are some stars, and even a little upset alert. So now we're about to get into Gerald Huggins, and we're going to get into his psyche going into how he creates his top 10 HBCU draft draft eligible player list. But first I want to tell you about run your pool because March madness is just around the corner, right? We're in the last week of February. So now that means March madness is here. And there's no better place to go to run your brackets than run your pool. You want the usual or you want the best. Now, I, if, if I'm you, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the best. And matter of fact, just to prove it to you, I'm doing my brackets on Run Your Pool, right? So there is no better voucher than somebody who's actually going to be running brackets there. I wouldn't tell you to go do something that I'm not. You go in there, you put down some cash prize, and if you use the, the promo code Pure Madness, that's P-U-R-E-M-A-D-N-E-S-S, you will get $10 off. And they have a lot of great things, not just your standard brackets. They have Survivor. They have Pick X. Both are really fun in their own way. And with this even if you're a novice. See, I'm a novice, right? But they're going to give me all of these intels and all of these details to help me make my picks so it's not just me going in blind. You don't get that from ESPN or, or CBS. Go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and use the promo code Pure Madness. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And we're starting up our weekly segment for the next 10 weeks leading into the NFL draft. We will be doing one player off of Gerald Huggins' top 10 draft-eligible HBCU players. And we kick it off with 10. But first, I want to hear, what is the psyche when going into making a list like this? Let's hear what he says. All right, now I got with me Gerald Huggins of Draft HBCU. And we're curating a top 10 
draft eligible HBCU player list. I'm excited for this, man. Listen, listen, I, you know, we said before, um, minimum five, max of 10. And after the HBCU Legacy Bowl, uh, I said, I'm going to redo my list and then we're going to redo it again after the combine and after some of these pro days. So um, I'm just looking forward to watching these pro days. I'm going to try and get to a few of them, watching these pro days and seeing some of these players, definitely the ones that the HBCU combine you know, have a little bit of better, you know, have better numbers. So we know the circumstances that uh, down there in uh, Birmingham. So, or Mobile, I'm saying Mobile. Yeah, them circumstances were kind of tough. But when I look at it and I think about the HBCU Combine, the Legacy Bowl, I would assume that that probably put a, a decent amount of shifting in your list that you had did previously, right? It was a decent amount. I definitely um, had to add, add somebody on there. Actually, um, it was really about uh, the ranking has really changed but i only really added maybe two people on there and it's um whew, it's 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 been a rough one but i think it's i have a good side i have a solid 10. I have a solid all right 10. so let's get into this psyche when you're thinking about narrowing it down to who who you're going to put where which one is more difficult getting all the players and narrowing it down to 10 or once you have your 10 ordering it from one through 10. I think trying to get all the players because it's like, you know, you try to take your your bias out of it, right? That's the first thing I have to do because at the end of the day, I think these players are really good, but you also got to look into what other people are saying, like what the scouts are saying, you know, um, and, you know, end of the day, they might see something I don't see. And then you got to look at the team needs and the way the NFL is going, you know, you highly, you more or less want to get like a line, a good offensive lineman, a really good pass rusher. If you can find a gym at quarterback and you need corners that know how to cover. Those are like the main, those are like the key pieces right now to uh, NFL football. I mean, NFL. So I'm just like, well, priority would be cornerbacks, D-line, edge rusher. You know, you got to throw quarterback out there and offensive line. And for the most part, that's what my list consists of. Good pass rushers, maybe a quarterback or two. Maybe, not sure yet. Just keeping it up there. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, we have uh, some good offensive linemen as well. So let's, we're going to run through it. But for today, we're going to focus on number 10. Number 10. So I want to continue diving into this psyche. We're we going to keep them, we're going to keep them, you know, anticipating because it's really good once we get into the player. But I want them to understand how you go about this. And you discussed the quarterbacks, the offensive line. How much does that positional value weigh on you? Like you might have a player who you think is better, but he's not at as valuable of a position. Does that, you know, affect you when trying to decide what you want to do? It does affect me. It does because uh, I have to be a realist. The real, the realist, you know, in me has to say, listen, as great as I think this guy is, is that need as high? Like, um, let's say, I mean, teams need good inside linebackers, but – People mm -hmm. are not trying to – they're not going to draft an inside linebacker too high. It's rare that you see them drafted way early in the first round. Um, but, you know, HBCUs got lucky with them drafting Darius Leonard, Leonard in early in the second round, even though, as you can see, you could argue he'd have been the top 15 pick. But it's really about the need. Um, but, you know, biggest thing right now is their performance during the season, over the career, uh, their performance in these bowl games, you know, they're, uh, and their uh, different um, – Senior Bowl, NFLPA Bowl, Pigskin Showdown, FCS Bowl, 
Tropical Bowl, which it's uh, talked about last uh, last time we spoke. The guy uh, Jeremiah Kane was in like five or six of those. So you know, I evaluate that. I put some stock into the HBCU combine. I did. I just wanted to see them in person. I wanted to see them how they looked, how they have. I looked more at their drills and actual forty and the bench and the shuttle and the uh, three cone drill. I more or less looked at them in their individual drills, and I just wanted to see how they look and how they move and how they interact with the scouts and stuff like that. That's what I was more more or less looking into. So, um, but yeah, that's how I break it down to players. I watch a lot of tape, watch a lot of films, specifically on defensive line. Um, hours and hours and hours, you know, whenever I have free time, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, I think this list is solid. I ran it by the guys at eight draft HBCU, my boy, coach nooks, you know, we got Malik and Tim and we ran, we talked about it and they said, listen, solid list. I'm like, All right, cool. Let's talk about it. All right. So before we get into number 10, because we're going to get into the guy now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you about nine through one, 10 or anybody, but give me some of the 11, 12, you know, some of the people who just narrowly missed the cut. Okay, narrowly missed the cut. I really like Elvin De La Rosa out of Fayetteville. I like him I like, in the Legacy Bowl. Yeah, I thought he made some I good like plays. Safe. I like safe. he clearly is strong. He got 20 plus bench reps. He has the size, he has the speed. You know, he has a good pro day. Someone's gonna bring him into a camp. I was just tweeting about him earlier. Um, I just like the tenacity he plays with, and he has pretty good ball skills as well. Coach Nooks would tell you. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, let's be real. It's a, for HBCUs, you know, when it comes to the safety play, it was like mainly one guy that we've been highlighting all year, and that's Brother Bell out of um, out of FAMU. And then, you know, Corey Rahman out of Tennessee State. You know, those are the two safeties that, you know, pretty much got a lot of publicity. Um, but, you know, and then cornerback-wise, you know, that's a whole other thing. We got three legit corners that can get drafted this year. Just to throw that out there as well. Um, another guy, this is one of those with my heart, Jeremiah Kane. That's, that's, I talk that's about him all the time. That's my that's guy. guy. I, I'm, I'm rooting for Jeremiah Kane. I'm telling you, I'm rooting for him. I root for all the D linemen I talk to. I talk to Michael Badejo. I talk to uh, Chris Myers. You know, I so talk to Keyshawn James, talk to Savion Williams. I'm rooting for all of them. I know they have the ability. I know they do. I know. It's just, you know, it's it's just heavy. It's heavy D-line. Most years it's heavy on the defensive line. Um, but, you know, they like to get those edge rushes first and they go to the interior. But it's a heavy interior class, in my opinion, from uh, FBS, FCS, D2. Um, but I'm rooting for them. I think Josh Flowers, maybe Will Adams. And, you know, I think D. Anderson's another one that just may miss it. But he, you know, it's hard. That size is something that if he could end up being a big slot, you know, a team can use him. I know multiple teams that, that you know, they like to use that big slot now. You know, you put a Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, these big guys, Michael Evans, put them in the slot and let them go to work on linebackers and slot corners. So he may have a shot. And, you know, I think the two two running backs – you know, the, the big name running backs like um, Jamaine Martin, and Ezra Gray, they're on that line, too. Even though I really like I like what I see out of uh, Jamaine Martin. I really do. Um, even Wilkins and Sylvie. I like all of those. those you, give it, you give it to him, man. There's so many players in here. You could name about 10 honorable mentions. Listen, you know? they're just they're good. Some of them with my heart. All this is with like, you know, just being realistic. But 
these guys can get into a camp. Drafted, yeah. drafted, maybe not. But get them in a the camp, give them a shot. I promise you, more or less, they're going to at least make the practice squad or something. They, these guys are good. All right, so you were able to just hear his psyche, how he goes into making this list, what plays the factor, such as positional value. There's so many things that go into narrowing down so many players into a list of 10. But now we get into that 10th player, number 10 on this list. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the number one place to go for all of your wagering. Look, March Madness is coming up. You can bet on that because it's not just pro basketball, right? We know the All-Star weekend just happened, so that means we're about to get kicked back into it. But it's not just, all right, what is Ja Morant doing? It's, man, what is Duke going to do this year? You know, what, what is Gonzaga going to do this year? It's things of that nature that make BetOnline.net the best place to go because they have player prop odds. They have who are going to win these games. And even with that, all of those things that may get you distracted, don't forget they also have boxing. They also have UFC. They also have hockey. They have all of these things. Even if you want to go to NCAA baseball, they have everything pro and collegiate. So BetOnline.net is the best place to go. Understand, I'm not going to lie to you. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, we have Gerald Huggins giving our 10th player in our top 10 draft eligible HBCU player list. This is a guy that he loves and he raves about. And I want to let you hear why he likes him so much. Yeah. And when you're talking about those defensive linemen, Michael Badajo, that's that's my guy. You know, I've known I've known Badajo for years upon years, right? So let's keep it along those lines. Let's look at the defensive linemen. And the first player that we're going into is Jerry Garner. Defense alignment out of Mississippi Valley State. What is it about this guy that first got your attention? Man, let me tell you, his his get off is really what got my attention. Like his ability to it's, it's a quick twitch. You could tell there's some defense alignment that look at the ball, and there's some that look at the knee. And some defense alignment coaches they teach you to look at the knee because the knee will move. Sometimes offense alignment like to move before the ball snaps. So they say, look at the knee, look at your key, look at the knee, but. You could tell this guy has some quick reaction. And then when I saw it in person at the um, HBCU Combine and even had – he was co-signed by an NFL legend that said that, yo, he was the best guy out there. Then, I mean, I was – he said that out of his mouth. So it just confirmed everything that me and draft HBCU already believed about Jerry Garner. He is – he's a violent player. In a good way, he's a lovely guy off the field. Smile, then he's saying, "Oh, he's a great guy, great guy." You know what I'm saying? But on the field, he's nasty, nasty, nasty. nasty. He has violent hands when he gauges against the run. You can see he extends. He's a short guy, but he gets a he has a nice arm. I think he's about 70, 78 inch reach, which is pretty decent for six one, about two fifty. Good. He knocks his key back. Um, it's rarely that he's rare that he's getting knocked back on the uh, back his way into his linebackers like that. He's really good style against the run. He could play the pull correctly if he ever ever had to squeeze into a three tech position. You know, just for certain packages, he knows how to defeat the cut block well. That's a very underrated skill for some people. He made a lot of plays. You know, and a lot of it wasn't a lot of sacks, 
like for like a couple of those years um, at uh, Mississippi Valley State, but he was always getting hurries. He was getting quarterback hits. He was always around the ball. So that's good for a defensive line to always be around the ball. And you just want somebody that's going to make a big play. And, you know, I mean, he for some reason, he always has his best game against Jackson State. I don't know why that is. Um, his whole career, he literally – I think he has a sack every game versus Jackson State. Even his, his three sack years, he made sure he got a sack versus Jackson State. I don't know what that's coming from. I'll probably have to talk to him about it. But outside of that, he uh, – when it comes to pass rushing, which is most important, that's the team – I mean, you know, I'm going to stop the run guy first. That's what I train. But end of the day, it's passing league. And this guy can get you the sacks at 6'1, 250, quick twitch with the bend and the violent hands. He's a swipe god. As like Jeremiah Kane said, he's a double swipe god. Double swipe is where you take your inside hand, your outside hand, you press against the offensive lineman's punch. So he his hands are quick and violent. You can see offensive linemen don't really want to get hit with that too much because he's he's very um, that's how I say, uh, he's a technician and he. He's really spot on. He has really good aim when he sees it out of the corner of his eye. You can see the hands, boom. He knocks him away. away. It's beautiful. And to end it all, he has violent hips, which means he could torque those hips and he could run on his ankle with his ankle bent. That's key to offense. I'm sorry, to a defense alignment. He has really good bend and he's already 6'1. So a tall offensive tackle is really hard for them to get under a guy like that. It's pretty much impossible. So yeah, right. I rock. Yeah, that's what draws me. To Jerry Garner. No, I can tell that this is a guy, especially with the defense alignment specialty that that you have that you really like. So take me to that 2019 season. In that season, he had 16 tackles for a loss. He had nine sacks. That that's his year. You know, if you look at stats, that's the year that you would mm -hmm. want to look at. What was really clicking for him in that season? I think like so. You know, when I think he really started to settle in into the college field. You know, feeling and like it was probably about the middle of the 2018 season where it really started clicking for him for what I first saw. And this was years ago. Um, and then you could tell from like that point midway through 2018 to the beginning of that 2019 season, you could tell that the work was being put in. He was quicker. He was faster. He was more explosive. He was way better against the run that year. And plus, like we all know, the sack production. I think he went from three sacks in 2018 to about you know to nine nine and a half in the 2019. Then he had a bunch of court. He had quarterback hurries. He had tackles for loss. It was a great year for him. And I just really think you could tell when a player works on this craft. His pass rushing went from okay to like really good in a span of a year. And you know I don't want people. I know 2019 was a great year, and then you know the, you know 2020 happened in four. I think it was four or five games. He still had two sacks in four games. So. The production was there in the 2020 spring season. In 2021, this production on the sacks wasn't there. But like once I said before, he has a motor and Jerry is going to be around the ball. But once again, I'll highlight the 2019 season. On tape, that might have been his best pass rushing tape. Just due to the sacks, but how he was getting sacks. It was he was beating the offensive lineman quickly. Like under two seconds, he was beating the offensive lineman very quick, quick hands. Um and it's just some guys just have a knack for going football and go. He like forces fumbles. He also just had a knack for just when you. So it's like, how do I explain it? So it's the second gear you have when you're playing defensive line. Your first gear is just trying to burst the bubble, which is, you know, uh, how far the offensive lineman can reach. So as you burst the bubble, he has that first gear to burst the bubble. But that second gear, once he makes his move, 
is what's going to make him some money. Because once he sees quarterback and he gets past his key and gets past the block, it's quick. It's over. It's, it's, it's like a sniper. And I love that about him. Um, and I think that's going to be what that's going to be what he uh, he's going to get to a camp. I know he's going to get drafted late, but he's going to get into a camp and that's what's going to get him onto the 53 or even a practice squad. His ability to get that second gear that hit that second gear once he beats the uh, the offensive lineman with his initial move. And I've seen it on tape. I even saw it this past year. He has it. And it started in the 2019 season. Yeah, so when looking at him, he has a lot of talent, but I, don't, I also think he has some versatility. And he's played a little bit of linebacker, a little bit of defensive line. Where do you see him being in the in the future? Maybe 3-4 outside linebacker, 4-3 end? Where do you think he's yeah, best, I should say? Let's be, you know, realistic. 6-1-250. Um, it's a lot that can go with that. But I believe, you know, 3-4 scheme with him where he could just go. He has the agility. He has the athletic ability to drop back into coverage. So he could be in a zone blitzing scheme, you know, old school Steelers, you know, zone blitzing scheme. But there's nothing I can see him, you know, throw him in there with the Rams and let him just run around with Von Miller and Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? Because he has that kind of quickness. He has that kind of edge. He has that kind of bend. So I see him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Or you have them in your nickel packages as a stand-up end. I just, or you know, or your dime packages, whatever package you use, quarters, whatever people call it, and have them as like a stand-up, just a, a pass rush specialist, whatever it may be. Or you know, hey, let's just get them on special teams. Jerry Garner is going to do it. He's humble from what I'm, from what I know from talking to him. Humble man, like he's had a, he's had a one heck of a story. So end of the day, you get him in a situation where he has to ball out. He's going to do it. And I think it'll be best for him to do that in a three, four system. All right. So next week, same time, same day, we'll be back with player number nine. You have to wait to see who it is at that point though. Gerald, I appreciate you coming on as usual, man. Can't wait till next week. No, I appreciate you, man. I, let's see. Should I? Okay. Let me just give one hint. It's. No, don't give no hints. Don't give, don't give nope. no hints. Don't give no, no hints. hints. No hints. Mm-hmm. No hints. We'll tease you next week. (laughs) Love it, man. I appreciate you, man. No, of course, man. Take care, and I'll see you next week. Go Union. Go Union. CIA time. Yes, sir. There you have it. Jerry Garner is our number 10 ranked player in our draft eligible list. I'm loving it from the, the motor to his ability to stop the pass and run. Then also just where he projects in the future as a 3-4 outside linebacker. I think that this is great. Stay tuned next week. We're going to be back on Thursday. Once again, back with number nine. Couldn't let him get the tease quite yet. Maybe we'll do that next week. But thank you for making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. Y'all know that tomorrow is Friday, so that means it is Feature Friday. But first, for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked on NFL draft. Ryan Tracy and my guy Crocky, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. You know, he's going to be on there and they're going to be giving you everything that you need to know leading up into the draft. Our draft lead up starts today. Please don't make this the only place that you're getting your draft news. And in the meantime, in between time, y'all can find me on that blue app, that bird. Yes, Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.